Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Sierra Vista, the official podcast of the City of Sierra Vista. I'm your host, Public Information Officer Adam Curtis, and today we're joined by Better Bucks of Sierra Vista President Scott Borgstadt and Vice President Eva Dickerson. In his role as a corporal with the Sierra Vista Police Department, Borgstadt was tasked with helping the city meet a city council strategic objective seeking new ways to help people experiencing homelessness in Sierra Vista. He discovered the Better Bucks program in Flagstaff and spearheaded the effort to bring it to Sierra Vista as a more compassionate and secure way to help people in need. Now, about a year and a half after Better Bucks launched in Sierra Vista, the nonprofit has started a new program called Better Work that puts individuals experiencing homelessness on the path to finding meaningful employment. This program was started with $52,250 provided to the City of Sierra Vista by the Arizona Department of Housing Trust Fund. Today, we'll learn how this new program works, how it's going so far, and check in on how the community has received the Better Bucks Voucher Program as well. Let's get started. Hi, Scott and Eva. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Adam. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Uh, so Eva is a first timer on Let's Talk Sierra Vista, <laughs> uh, but Scott has been here before. And last time we talked to you, I think it was October 2021. And that was right as Better Bucks was kicking off here in Sierra Vista. Uh, I think you launched over at Art in the Park and started to distribute the vouchers. Um, but now we've gone maybe a year and a half or so since then. Uh, can you guys kind of give us an update on how it's been going? And we can start with Scott. Yeah, sure. Better Bucks, uh, the actual first full year has been absolutely fantastic. Um, we paid out a little over $12,400 to merchants. Uh, it generated a little over $17,000, uh, with the merchants of people coming in and using the better bucks and then using their own, uh, money as well. Um, so yeah, to me, $12,500 paid out to the merchants, uh, is a tremendous first year. That's awesome. And then, uh, Remind us how it works just a little bit. So these are vouchers that are given out to people experiencing homelessness or people in need that they can then redeem at local participating stores? Yeah, that's that's actually a perfect way of explaining it. Uh, Folks buy the the booklets. um, They sell for $6. And the reason they sell for $6 is it costs us about a buck and a quarter to print them. So, you know, we make up a little bit of money there with uh, that extra dollar, but people will buy the booklets. Uh, they'll hand them out to people that they feel that are in need. Uh, we have a lot of churches that are purchasing the booklets and handing them out uh, to folks that they know that could use some help. And then people will go in and use the the vouchers, just like coupons, uh, to any of the participating merchants to purchase food, clothing, toiletries, pet food, stuff like that. The only caveat is they cannot buy alcohol, tobacco products, or anything that can be used in conjunction with illegal drug activity. That makes sense. And and uh, so this, in part, uh, addresses the issue of panhandling, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, the professional panhandlers, all they want is cash um, to use for whatever you know they want to use it for. Uh, we've actually had several stories over the past year and a half of people that have tried to hand better bucks to some of these professional panhandlers and they actually say, no, give me cash instead. Um, that generally is a clue to someone that, uh, you know, these people aren't uh, operating above board. And uh, we've actually had folks say when when they got told that, they came and bought more Better Bucks so they could hand them <laughs> out, you know. Uh, right. So uh, it, it has been a benefit. I think we have definitely seen a reduction in the professional panhandlers uh, in the city. Um, but it the folks that really, truly need the help, are extremely appreciative of getting better bucks 
um, because they know that they can buy stuff that they actually truly need. We've we've had folks say that um, you know that they may get some assistance from some other government agency um, and not able to purchase certain items um, like that. I, I had one guy tell me that you know he was very glad he could get it because now he could go buy himself a razor so he could shave. And, and those little things like that, we we don't think about on an everyday basis, but um, just something like that, it, helping someone out, um, it really gives you a, a great feeling of satisfaction. You know, one of the things that I've um, been um, probably a witness to when during this whole program is it never occurred to me about the professional panhandlers. Mm-hmm. And when there was a business on Fry Boulevard that mentioned that they had some people sitting in front of their, their business and they're playing the role of the professional panhandlers. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. they would then take the cash and go inside and purchase lottery tickets. And it was those kind of things that made me realize this is what Better Bucks is all about. This Mm -hmm. is trying to alleviate that, get them away from the public giving them cash because because they're they're treading on their heartstrings. Mm -hmm. They're looking like they need it. They have their little signs. And um, so they're giving cash to these people. But now that we have Better Bucks, these people are now um, kind of struggling for their business, so to speak, I think. I think that there's less cash, hopefully, uh, trading hands when it comes to that. And the this is while this is also trying to help with the panhandler uh, situation, it's also for anyone in need. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went into uh, Culver's recently, and I used BetterBucks mm-hmm. just because I wanted to see how they worked it. Yep. And sure enough, I had a new person behind the counter, and she didn't know how to handle it. But she went right to a manager. The manager came over, showed her how to do it. I had my food, and she took my BetterBucks. And y- you don't have to be poor. You don't have to be needy. But it is out there that anyone can use them, but it is targeting our uh, needy population to try to help them uh, purchase items that we know that they need and can use, and they won't do it for alcohol or drugs or anything. Absolutely. And that gives us confidence as as people that may want to help folks in need, because it does tug at your heartstrings, but you always do wonder, you know, what are they going to do with it? Like, right. is this really meaningful? Am I doing the right thing or am I enabling bad behavior? Right. You know? right. So it kind of takes that that guilt trip and that worry out of our minds a little bit too, um, if you're able to get better bucks and give that instead. So remind us how we get better bucks, uh, the vouchers themselves, if you would like to do that. Sure. They, uh, they can be purchased at city hall, the Sierra Vista police department, um, the library, um, also Sierra Vista gives is now, um, selling them and, uh, the food co-op, uh, over on the West side of town. Um, or you can go on the, the Better Bucks uh, Facebook or website uh, and uh, request uh, to purchase them that way. Awesome. And that's betterbucksyearvista.org. I'll plug that again later. Um, and then just, I think, Better Bucks Vista on Facebook. Definitely give them a follow because that's a great way to keep up with everything you guys are doing. And we'll get to the Better Work program soon. Uh, but before we transition to that, I just wanted to touch on uh, how Eva got involved because I know how Scott got involved. Uh, he was kind of tasked through the city and he's also <laughs> an awesome guy who has worked in this area for a lot of years through his work at the police department. So he, he's very knowledgeable about a lot of this stuff. Um, Eva, I think you came in with, with a more like a fresh set of eyes what was that experience i like did well that's all scott's fault actually <laughs> <laughs> um I, they must have had some kind of an opening on the board is that what happened as you recall okay and well next... we were trying to we were trying to fill the board actually yeah. okay. okay next thing i know i'm getting a phone call and i thought oh borgstad <laughs> so i said yeah that that sounds like something i would be interested in doing and then 
as I got to know the people on the board, and they are an amazing group of people. They, we each, we keep talking about this within ourselves, that every single one of us brings some kind of a talent to the board, that a unique talent that is utilized within the board to make us successful. And I'm sitting around the room looking at the, looking at the board, and I'm going, geez, wees. This is amazing. This is going to be really, really something cool. And then when we launched at Art in the Park in October of 2021, um, it's just been gangbusters since then. And what a giving community we have. And then for this to take off on top of that is just, it's it's just really uh, enriches your soul is how I can describe it because you're doing good things for um, people, the public seems to really, really enjoy doing this and participating in it. And churches are involved in helping their congregation and their uh, least and less and lost people. So it really is a big help to get uh, the Better Bucks program going. And it's it's just it it all started seriously. It all started with Scott working with the uh, Flagstaff uh, with their um, Better Bucks program, and we just tweaked it and modeled it down here. So. Yeah, it's all it's all your fault, Scott. Been very, been, <laughs> it, it's been very gratifying, and uh, you know you surround yourself with with good, talented people, um, and what you're doing is going to be successful. And uh, I think we've we've proven that. Yeah, and and for folks who don't know, Eve has been involved with other nonprofits locally since as long as I've been here, which was about 12, 13 years ago, and probably a lot longer than that. Um, so you're no novice to nonprofit boards, <laughs> right? Right. Right. Um, so there was a reason Scott probably gave you a call. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was wondering in particular um, with this cause and then getting to start to work on the Better Work program and kind of see the barriers folks face as they try to transition out of homelessness and also just the range of folks that experience homelessness for different reasons. What has it been like for you, Eva, to kind of you know get to know that side of the world a little bit more? There's a number of people that I have, uh, you know, you see them panhandling and you see their signs and you see their dogs and you just... It, it just makes your heart hurt when you just drive past them. It, and there's there had to be a better alternative. And when now that we have expanded this to the Better Work program, I don't want to get into that too much now yet. We're, we're transitioning that way. <laughs> okay, so so, okay. so um, go wherever you want to go. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's something to see these people who are struggling that really want to get out of that cycle of struggle that they are enduring. And we don't know. We don't know what obstacles they face until we have to talk to them one-on-one and figure out how can we help? How can we get some wraparound services for them so that they can get out of homelessness and get into a full-time job and become productive citizens in our community? And that should not be any kind of a scarlet letter for them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, they made mistakes. Yeah, they really messed up, but they want to atone for those mistakes and they want to do better. Those are the people we want to target and help. And Scott will be able to tell you some stories through our Better Work program that, yeah, it'll just make a cry. (laughs) Really, it is is heart-wrenching to hear some of the things that they are, the struggles that they've had, they want to do better, and they want to get back on their feet. Absolutely. And then, yeah, so how did the idea of Better Work come about Um, and kind of talk about the process of standing that up and also how it's been going? Well, when we formed the Better Bucks program, board uh, or nonprofit, uh, one of the requirements uh, or tenets of our organization was any money over and above what it takes to run the program on a year-to-year basis needs to go towards another nonprofit organization or to another program to help 
people in need. Doing the research of Better Bucks, I ran across uh, several cities in the United States that had some sort of homeless work program. And back then I thought maybe we could do something with it here. Um, so when that first year came up, I presented the idea to the board of directors and they, everybody said, yeah, that's, that fits right in what we're doing. Um, let's go for it. So I presented the idea to uh, management of the city. Um, they thought it was a good idea and we started working on ways of raising money to, to go ahead and fund the program. Right. Uh, I've told the story so many times that it, and it, and it, it, it still amazes me. Not even a week after I had the conversation with uh, the city management, um, the Arizona Department of Housing came out with a grant specifically for municipalities to start a homeless work program. <laughs> and it, it, it was like it was divine to happen. So the city applied for the grant. Uh, Better Bucks is a subrecipient of that grant. And through the agreement with the city, Better Bucks um, runs the Better Work program. Um, the idea is uh, we employ um, the homeless to uh, go out to various areas within the city on city and state trust land and clean up those areas. Uh, the requirements uh, to be considered for it is A, you have to be homeless and you have to be registered in what they call HMIS, which is the Homeless Management Information System. That's the government program that gets people started towards finding housing or other services that they may need. Gotcha. And that's a requirement the board wanted, the Better Bucks board wanted uh, to show commitment to the program. So we pay $14 an hour. Um, we pick up at Good Neighbor Alliance, and we take folks to the work site, and they work for, you know, about four hours. Then we take them back to Good Neighbor, where they are paid in cash. Uh, we also provide a meal for them and the opportunity to shower. Um, we've had three work sessions uh, out cleaning up fields. Um, today was number three, and uh, we don't have a total on how much they picked up, but based on uh, what they picked up the the first two times and how full the dumpster was, <laughs> I got to say it was probably pretty darn close to two thousand pounds of garbage and debris and waste mm -hmm. and, and trash. Wow. Um, we had six people working today, and uh, the pride on their faces when they saw how full that dumpster was um, was kind of overwhelming. Uh, so we took them back, paid them. And uh, I said, hey, guys, we got another work, work session next week, next Wednesday. Are you guys interested? All six agreed to come back. Um, all six also said it was hard work, but I think it shows uh, their commitment on wanting to improve their situation um, by without hesitation agreeing to come back next week. Mm -hmm. And what what about a, a day of uh, of work and just introducing them back into that kind of giving them that sense of pride for for doing something productive um, can maybe change things for someone? I mean, is is that part of the hope? Is is that you know they they see and feel that sense of pride and and it kind of gives them some momentum or push or or, or what do you think kind of happens? I, I absolutely um, the very first uh, work session we had we had a um, a couple of folks uh, that were working, uh, they actually made the comment, it feels good to be out working again. It feels good to be out doing something productive. Um, 
those two individuals have since gone on and gotten full-time employment. That's uh, awesome. Which is amazing. Actually, uh, since we started, we've got three people that have gone on and, and gotten full-time employment, um, which was which has been tremendous. Um, uh, and um, two of them have got into permanent housing as well um, because they've been part of the in the in the HMIS program, uh, so they were able to uh, to secure housing too. So um, yeah, it's been very beneficial. That's awesome. Considering it just started in January and this is March first, that is pretty incredible. Um, right, right. And and Eva, I know you've had, you've had a chance to kind of work on this end too. Um, and you were telling me about um, some folks that are got permanent employment and kind of your efforts in that regard and how you help refer people to that right. and recommend people. Um, what does it mean? Uh, for them to get the support of something like better work and a recommendation and that connection that, I mean, what does that mean to someone in that situation? Well, I think? think what happens with these people is that they know that we're the first, uh, recommending we're the first line of defense for them, so to speak, mm -hmm. when it comes to trying to get full-time employment, because this is not full-time, this is happenstance in comparison for full-time employment, but this is their chance to prove themselves. This is their start of a second chance. And they can work for us. They show up on time. They're not under any influence of anything. They get along with their coworkers. They work hard. Yes, they're allowed to take breaks, but not real long, you know, slothering breaks. They get they have to get back to work. And we've had some very, very decent um, work details that they just get right back to work. And they're hauling stuff and they're picking things up and they're in, you know, the these places that they're working are not seen per se by the public because they're in the middle of the desert. They're not seen by the road, but it's there. And guess what? With these winds that we've had, all that stuff gets to blow away. They're containing it. They're wrapping it up. They're putting it in a dumpster. Thank God for today, huh? <clears throat> that we were able to get them out there and contain those camps and not have that blow blowing away. It's a very windy day uh. for anyone who remembers March 1st <laughs> in the future when this podcast is posted. <laughs> But it really does help us see what they're like in, in real life, you know, working out there. And then we can take that recommendation, take you know, recommend them to an employer who is interested in considering them for employment. And they know we've seen them. We've seen them work. We know what they're like. And they're showing up on time. And then we, we put that recommendation out there. And we have yet to get one of them to, to be hired because these people are getting hired by someone else, not someone that we are recommending uh, through our channels. But it's going to happen. There's going to be real soon someone that is hired full time by uh, through our recommendation for them to be. They got to be interviewed. They got to go through the interview process. They got to fill out an application. They got to pass a drug screen. They got to do all that just like anybody else. But they are given that opportunity and their background. Should they have any kind of an issue with you know, legal stuff that could have happened that it has served as an obstacle for them in the past, that that helps them. Um, get a leg up and they won't hold that as a barrier against them where they can finally get full-time employment and be a benefited employee eventually. It's a big deal. Absolutely. Um, it really seems like this bridges an important gap um, because I think there are a lot of employers that need good employees and would love to give folks jobs, but it's hard to take a gamble on someone that's been experiencing homelessness for a while, um, partially because some people choose to be homeless. Some people have mental health issues. Right. Some people have drug issues. I know, Scott, you've worked with many, many people over the years, um, and you can probably speak to that a little bit. I mean, not everyone wants to change, right? Oh, yeah, that's absolutely true. I've been working with um, people for, for years and years and years that 
you provide them with the opportunities, uh, explain where they can go, even bring, I've even brought people out to the field and said, hey, these folks can help you. Um, and some people just choose not to. They want to live that life for whatever reason um, that they want to live it. Unfortunately, um, you know, with inside the city limits of Sierra Vista, they just can't do it legally, um, especially on state trust land or city property. Um, a lot of times I have people, where can we go? Where can we go to camp? Well, outside the city limits uh, is, is the answer um, to do it legally. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it, it is frustrating sometimes when you constantly meet the same people over and over and over and over again, and you have to move them on from one location to another. And, and oftentimes they have to face, you know, legal issues because, you know, they're not, you know, they're there illegally then, and, and they have to, they get arrested for trespassing. Um, but then on the other side, you know, when you offer opportunities to people um, and provide them with better bucks with, which has, you know, uh, service providers listed inside where they can go and get help and they actually do it. Um, and, uh, you know, then with the better work program, it just adds another level to it to where you're giving them their dignity back and they're showing that they truly want to improve their situation. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. It, it must feel helpless sometimes and a little, little futile. Um, but I also imagine that um, there are probably cases where you've gone back, you know, dozens of times or a dozen times to someone and, and eventually they change. Eventually they're ready. You can't assume someone's going to choose that life forever or is going to be in the same situation forever. Um, but this seems like a really great vehicle and opportunity for folks to, to kind of grab hold of. Um, to kind of, you know, give them that that feeling and that sense of pride needed to maybe in, inspire a change in them is, is what I would hope and imagine. These people want to help themselves. They want to get out of the situation they're in. And to and I see better work as a hand up, not a hand out. Right. And for them, for we're giving them every opportunity to succeed. If they don't want it, there's nothing we can do about it. But if they do, we're there to try to help them with the resources that they need and with the employment opportunities, the, the conduit to the employers, we really want to be that uh, conduit to help them get out of their situation and into housing and being productive citizens. I just think that that's, that's really what it really boils down to. Absolutely. Um, and it seems like, I'm, I'm curious, Scott, how it feels now that you have these tools at your disposal compared to before you did. Um, how does it feel for you to see how this program has progressed, how it's taken off, and to kind of see the progress of better work in such a short period of time, uh, just in terms of someone who's dealt with this a long time? And, and it, it can feel frustrating, I'm sure, sometimes. Um, what does it feel like to see the success of this, these programs and also to see on an individual basis some people actually benefit from them? Um that's a very good question and and it's been over the years it has been frustrating um because there was no conduit for something like this um for years it was you know you need some help and i just i literally carried a bag of business cards for various places and said you know these folks can help you out you know for this and this and this and inevitably i'd come back and i'd find the cards on the ground you know type stuff but with better bucks you know they're going to take those and they're going to use them and hopefully they're reading there and, and they'll follow up, you know, um, with some of those service providers. Um, but like today, as I said, just 
seeing the pride on on the on the faces of these folks at work today uh, gave me a great sense of accomplishment and pride too. Um, that we're truly helping someone out um, and give them giving them that opportunity uh, for advancement. Uh, we've got a couple of people that that you know really shined today, um, and you know we're kind of targeting them a little bit for the next step uh, to guide them towards uh, you know some of these contractors and, and businesses that have contacted us asking for referrals from the program. Um, so yeah, it's, I, it, it's something that I don't, you know, that that's brand new to this area. Uh, and we've kind of adapted it to work for us. And uh, so far we've had some, some pretty good successes um, just by the participation uh, folks that, that I told the board, I said, that's the uh, solve for X when we started this, that we couldn't, we couldn't figure out, you know, is will there be participation? And, uh, uh, we've received, uh, what would we count? 25 applications so far, um, you know, in a, in this short period of time. And, you know, we've had, um, about half of those people, um, work the program so far. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's been great. What, what we've learned, too, through this program, we're learning also because mm -hmm. we're trying to figure out what, what, do, what do these people want to be when they grow up? You know, what, what do they want to do? If we had one guy that we were working to try to get into a contractor situation, working for one of the building contractors, because he had been doing kind of hard, heavy labor in the, in the fields. And um, sure enough, he had a background of food service. And so we didn't really realize at the time he really wanted to get back into food service. And he did. He ended up getting a job in food service. Here we are looking at a contractor and trying to be the conduit for that. And boom, he gets hired by a, a place that does food service type work that he really wanted. So we learned that we really need to talk to these people and find out what, what do you want to do mm -hmm. and try to match that because that makes more sense to me that if they're into Maybe they have a certificate in plumbing or in something else that they want to pursue that. They would like to get back into that. They've got that talent. Then we should be able to work to match that so it's a good fit. We don't want to try to put a round hole in a square peg. You know, we want to make sure that they can, can, that it matches and it'll work and it's the best successful opportunity for them that will work. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Um, and Eva, for you, for someone that kind of came from a different perspective, um, you know, what is it like for you to see see this program take off and have success and get the opportunity to actually meet some of these people and interact? It's with amazing. Them? It's amazing. Because guess what? These people are human. I mean, really, I mean, it sounds funny, but they have feelings. They have they have desires. They want to do better. They made a mistake in some cases. They they're down on their luck. They would like a leg up. They would like to have some help, something afforded to them, someone to care about what their situation is and that can help them. And they'll take it off from there. They'll just go. And I'm really hope, hoping that we can follow up with some of these people who have gotten jobs and just maybe in a month or two or three and just say, dude, how you hanging? How you doing? What, what's, how is it working? Is there anything that we can do for any of our other services that might be able to help you if there's any issues going on? It's been a ride. And I'm just really, really grateful to be on this board to help with this stuff. And truly the catalyst is that, that man over there, Scott, to, to try to get 
mat, get it all together and keep it matched and keep it moving forward. And, you know, we all have our little roles in, in doing our little chores to make sure that this gets off the ground and keeps going. But it's, it's fun. I really, really enjoy seeing people really want to help themselves and being successful. You, you made a, an interesting statement there, Adam, as far as uh, the homeless population. And I think people have a misconception about what it is to be homeless. Um, and honestly, a lot of, I think a lot of the population feel that, you know, it's that grungy looking person on the street corner um, panhandling for money or whatever. And we have found out that that's not true. Uh, people that have been in the better work program, um, uh, you know, these people, I mean, we've got, there's one young lady, she is very well educated. Um, she just fell on some hard times and became homeless, but she sought out the services that were available, uh, and is working the program to, well, change her life. Um, we found out today that she's actually getting housing tomorrow. Um, and she's one of these folks that, uh, she's willing to do any type of work, um, and to learn a new skill if, if need be, um, to improve her situation. Um, she's very articulate, um, very well dressed, very well mannered, uh, but she's not the anomaly. Um, there's a lot of folks like that. As Eva said, these people are human beings. And sometimes um, we just need to give them an opportunity uh, and show a little compassion, be a little kind, be a little caring, and let them work and to the next level so they have a chance to succeed. You know, Scott's right. I think people have a stigma, mm-hmm. a, a preconceived notion that homeless people, panhandlers, are mentally ill, are, you know, I don't know, for for lack of a better word, they just, it's something that you don't want to be around, you know. But when we had our first work detail, and um, KLD covered it, yeah, Mm -hmm. and they had a camera on site, and they interviewed two of the guys, and they were articulate, they were wonderful to listen to, and I was just astounded that these people are working in our better work program to try to get out of the situation they're in. It was, it it really opened my eyes to realize that this is, this could be a smashing success if we can get people who really want to work, really want to get out of that and be better people and be better citizens. I was really surprised at that. That was a good job. Yeah. You both just touched on kind of why I like to say uh, people experiencing homelessness instead of homeless people. Um, Because like, I don't, describe myself as like a, a housed person or like a person that has a house or an apartment or whatever. Like right. That's not a defining characteristic. That is everything you need to know about me by any means. Um, so it's important to understand that these folks come from all walks of life and we don't know what happened to them to bring them to that point. Um, they're just like us. We're all human beings and we all have similar feelings and we all have bad periods in our life and, and situations that we have to deal with. So homelessness is something you experience. It's not a defining characteristic. It's not a label you just want to slap on people and put them in a box and that way you don't need to think about them anymore. Um, it, it could be you someday. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, life life can happen in, in strange ways and can bring you in unexpected places. Um, so that's something I've, I've tried to think about in, in 
telling these stories is just trying to better characterize the, these people as people. Um, and homelessness is something they're going through at this point in their life, but that doesn't define them as a human being. And homelessness is not necessarily meaning they're living under a bridge <clears throat> or that they're in the desert. It means that they don't have a permanent place to stay. Mm -hmm. And they may be couch surfing. There may be even younger people who just don't have a permanent place. They're going from one friend's house to another friend's house, sleeping on the couch. That's considered homeless. So I learned that throughout all this, that homelessness is not necessarily these scrungy, mangy people who never can get a shower because they're living under a bridge. That's not necessarily homelessness. That's what I learned when we went through the HMIS system, that they can be housed, but it's not a, a, a full-time permanent situation for them. It is temporary, and they don't have necessarily from one night to another a permanent place to go home to. And it can be very difficult to navigate from that point to also getting to the point where you're employed and fully housed again. Yeah, exactly. And, and you make a very good point about being fully housed. Um, this is something that we learned uh, early on. Um, I had a better work application for this, this gentleman and went to Good Neighbor Alliance and say, hey, you know, congratulations, you've been accepted to the program. And I was talking with Brad Roland, the director, and he goes, he just got housed. And I said, what? When? And it was literally the day after uh, or the day before um, the work program, the first work program. And it's like, oh, man, you got to be kidding. And <laughs> He got housing? You know, <laughs> well, the, the, the thing is, I mean, I, not upset that he got housing, but uh, that we weren't, by definition, initially, we weren't able, you know, that you have to be homeless, you know, to qualify. Right. And so this is where one of our board of directors, uh, Sidney Porter, came in and uh, Sydney's a unique individual. He, he, he used to be homeless and, but he worked through it. Uh, and now he, his, his mission is to help folks uh, overcome that situation. Um, but he pointed out to us that part of the HMIS system is you don't lose that homeless status for 60 days. They have what they call this wraparound service time frame to give people the opportunity to be successful. Right. Um, and it's like, okay, we can use that. Uh, and uh, so for if someone gets housing, we're still going to allow them to work in the Better Work program for that 60-day wraparound period so they have a chance to be successful. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's a, a, a great thing that we learned um, and, and it's, it's definitely benefited three people so far. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, I'll just say that from the sidelines, I mean, me and everyone else listening to this, we're not actively involved with the program, but it is so fun to see it take off and to see the work you guys have been doing and to hear these stories. I think it warms a lot of our hearts. Uh, and I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. And I hope to invite you back in a couple of years when you have some other fancy new <laughs> program <laughs> in addition to these two. Thank we're thinking you. about some ideas. We, we, we are. have some things in the pipeline that we will share with you whenever we can get those launched. We got to kind of circle our wagons and make sure that these are successful and, and keep these going forward. And then we'll, we'll share hopefully some more possibilities in the future. Well, I look forward to it. And thank you both for taking the time to spend uh, time talking with us today. Thank Adam. you, Adam. Thank you very much. Well, that's all for this episode of Let's Talk Sierra Vista. Uh, anyone seeking to learn more about Better Bucks of Sierra Vista and the Better Work program can head to betterbucksierravista.org. That's just betterbucksierravista.org. Uh, and also give the Better Bucks of Sierra Vista page a follow on Facebook. 
We'll talk again soon. As always, you're invited to join the conversation by sending your comments, ideas, or questions to pod at sierravistaaz.gov. That's P-O-D at sierravistaaz.gov. Take care, everybody.